Hey, welcome to our third session on the overcoming life. And just by way of reminder, this is based upon my little book uh, oh, titled The Overcomer's Life. And uh, we're took, looking at some principles that we find, especially in the book of Revelation. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Hey, just, just again, by way of reminder, if you're interested in learning more about you know, how to study and work toward a diploma, certificate, degree program, we've got lots of training programs through vision.edu. You can find out more about me at drstandickhoven.com and books that I've written and other colleagues have written uh, on Bible, theology, leadership, uh, practical. Uh, ministry related things, you can go to booksbyvision.org. Hey, so we, our key th scripture is again Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8, where it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, who is to come, the Almighty. Now, again, we're talking about this is, you know, Jesus is the one who is the Almighty. He is the one who is who was and is to come. And as we've already discussed, you know, it's not, not necessarily great English grammar, but it is great Bible to put it in its proper perspective. He is first and foremost the one who is. He is the one who was. And we've looked at both of those aspects of Christ. But he's also the one who is to come. And, uh, you know, the one who is to come is really discussed, I think, most clearly uh, also in the book of Revelation in chapter 1, beginning with verse 10 through 18. So I want to just read that very, very briefly, quickly here, and then we'll kind of move on from there. It says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. This, of course, John writing this. And I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet, saying, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches in Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamus to Thyatira to Sardis and to Philadelphia and Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstand, one like a son of man, clothed in a robe reaching to the feet and girded across his breast with a golden girdle. And his head and his hair were white like white wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. And his feet were like burnished bronze, and when it has when it has caused to glow in the in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. And in his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as a dead man, and he laid his hand on me and said, "Do not be afraid." I am the first and the last and the living one, and I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys to death and of Hades. Write, therefore, the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall take place after these things. Now, I'm not really going to spend really any time talking about eschatology, because that's, I mean, there's so much uh, debate and discussion about that. But, you know, one of the things that's, I think, helpful is when you read Revelation, it says this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not the revelation of who the 666 is and all of that. I mean, some of those things are talked about within the revelation, the mystery that was being revealed to John uh, for the churches of that day in that time. 
And he was simply telling them that this is all about Jesus, the one who is, the one who was, the one who is to come. He is the almighty one. He is the one that we've all waited for. He's the one that has brought salvation for all mankind. He is God. And so, you know, most of us, when we think about Jesus and even the Jesus to come, we think about him in his standard, if you will, human flesh way of living. I mean, for many, they still see Jesus as the one who's on the cross. We see that in a crucifix, especially amongst the Roman Catholic Church. But really, we know, I mean, most of us as more Protestants, if you will, evangelicals, we recognize that he is risen, not just risen though, but he's ascended and he is presently seated in the heavenlies at the right hand of the Father, at the throne of power, the throne of grace. Well, we also know that we're seated with him in those heavenly places, which is exciting. Well, but you know, the, the kind of Jesus that we think about many times is the Jesus who was meek and mild and gentle and you know, long-suffering Savior. And yes, he was that. But that's not really who Jesus is today. He is the one who we worship. He is the one who is coming and comes in power and is going to come in absolute power and glory at the end of the age. And that's what, you know, what John is writing about and what he's talking about uh, in this brief passage of scripture. And so he is the one, to, the one to come, is present, of course, in the church. You know, we know the Holy Spirit is with us, but Jesus is present in the church. Uh, and he is desperately in love with his bride, a bride that is being prepared fully and completely for him, a bride without spot or wrinkle. Now, in many ways, that's already taken care of in the spirit, but I believe he's trying to also perfect and mature his church. And part of the maturation of the church is the work of the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, so that we can all come to a place of maturity in him anyway. Uh, but, you know, he's not just meek and mild Jesus. He's certainly not baby Jesus, you know, still hanging out in a manger. No, he is the conquering king. He has a robe on and a breastplate. Speaking about the high priest and the, and the kingly, he's, he's pure and regal. I mean, the Lord that we worship, the Lord that we serve, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The white hair really speaks about, if you will, the glory of God, the very presence and eminence of God yeah, is all over him, if you will. Uh, his eyes, his omniscience, his ability to see and to penetrate and to know everything that's going on, especially about you and about me. Because remember, he loves us. He, he loves us and accepts us, and he wants the very best for us in all things. His, his eyes, as it were, burn. Uh, and really, they, they burn also with, uh, with a desire to deal with all of the sin and corruption in the world. 
The, the two-edged sword, of course, uh, Hebrews 4, 12, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. But that's the, the word that comes out of Jesus' mouth, every word spoken by the Lord. And I believe God still speaks today. Jesus still speaks to us. Now, that revelation, if you will, or, or inspired word that we're going to hear is certainly not going to contradict what's written in the canon of Scripture. It can't if it's really from the Lord. But he is still speaking today, and what he's saying to us is, I still am the conquering king. I mean, Jesus Christ is Lord. The kingdom of God is still advancing. And so, you know, it says that his face shine like the sun. Again, speaks about the king and his glory. And the response, of course, that, that John has, I think, would be the response that any of us would have if we saw the Lord as he presently is, high and lifted up, and seated on his throne, we would fall before him as dead men. I mean, I know there's some wonderful songs that, you know, will I dance before you? Will I sing before you? I think for most of us, it's just going to be a face dive because we are in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, John says, as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, speaking about Jesus, so are we in this world. Look, none of us are, are Jesus. But he is present with us. And his expectation for us as his church is that we become more and more conformed to his image day by day. People that overcome life, doesn't, it doesn't mean that they don't have problems that they struggle with. We do. It, it doesn't mean that you always get it right. You don't. It doesn't mean you always are victorious. You aren't, except you are in Christ, always victorious, because we always are in the triumph with him. But here's the thing. As he is, so are we in this world. We are also ones who can relate to and have experienced that which is. We are present with him. We are also present with each other. And you know, in this time and season in which we live, we need to be more and more present with one another. We're also part of the was. I mean, we recognize that when Jesus died, we died. I mean, our sin was nailed to the cross. When we, he was buried, we were buried with him because we're in him and he's in us. And we recognize that when he arose, we rose with him. That's why we can say with every bit of confidence that resurrection life lives within us. But finally, you know, we, we know that uh, we are going to forever be with him. He is the one who is to come. Now, I believe Christ has come and does come for all of us in many different ways, at many different times, many different seasons. But there will be a time when heaven and earth, as it were, will become one. And that's why we pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're not quite there yet, are we? I mean, look around. We're not there yet, but it's going to happen. It's guaranteed within Scripture. Jesus said when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. Everything provided for salvation to inaugurate and release his kingdom into the world had been accomplished and is being accomplished through us, his overcoming church.
So how do you live the overcomer's life? Well, first of all, you embrace the reality that we already are. That we're in him and he's in us. We embrace the reality that Christ is Lord and King. And we are his, yes, we're his servants, but we're also his friends. Uh, He works through us. He lives through us. And so no matter what we're facing, whatever we're dealing with, God can help us to overcome it. But the overcoming is really happens through our faith. Faith in the finished work of Christ. Faith in all that he's done for us. So look, I hope this very brief course will be a blessing to you. And that you'll be able to take it and apply it to your life. If you haven't had a chance, pick up the book. You can get it through booksbyvision.org. And I hope, again, it's a blessing to you. Until next time.